25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 wide sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. That sounds like a good idea to me. Why not? Let's play a little football, shall we? Welcome in to the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. As I said, I'm Matt. And we stay connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. They are customer inspired. You know what I am inspired by on this Monday? Take a wild guess. If you're watching the stream, you may have a pretty good idea what I'm inspired by today. Come on with it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The Chiefs took care of business, but it was no normal run of the mill taking care of business. That's not what this was for the Chiefs yesterday against uh, the Houston Texans. This was, they were down 24 to nothing. You know, the only time I have seen anything like it, you know when it was? Cam Newton versus Alabama in the Iron Bowl at the end of the 2010 season. The final regular season game of the 2010 season. Cam Newton and Auburn in Tuscaloosa were down 24 to nothing at halftime. And came back and won it in the second half. This deal yesterday, now this was like this was way before halftime. The Chiefs were down twenty-four to nothing. And this man, Patrick Mahomes, y'all, unbelievable. Patrick Mahomes threw four touchdown passes in the second quarter. Now this isn't high school. This isn't college. This isn't the SEC. This is the NFL. Okay? This isn't even the NFL. This ain't a preseason game. This is not a regular season game. (laughs) This is the AFC Divisional Playoffs to send you to the Conference Championship game one win away from the Super Bowl, and he throws four touchdown passes In the second quarter. I mean, you talk about a game turning on a dime. I've never seen anything like it in an NFL game. And it set all kind of records for the Chiefs. Listen. In the final 
what was it, the final 30 minutes of the game? Really more than that. Let's, let's just add it up. I'll look at it right here. The Houston Texans uh, hit a field goal with 10 minutes and 54 seconds left in the second quarter to go up 24 to nothing. So basically, not completely, but but basically, in the final three quarters of the game, certainly in the last 40 minutes of the game, Kansas City outscored Houston 51-7. to And that's after one team went up 24 to nothing. I ain't never seen anything like it. Yeah, so I'm proud to wear this red shirt today. I'll just go ahead and say it. It says Chiefs on the front of it. So now it's Chiefs in uh, Tennessee next week for the AFC Championship. Winner goes on to the Super Bowl. Of course, over in the boring old NFC, you got 49ers and Packers, two blue bloods. And so anyway, it's going to be fun in the NFL. Yeah, so I'm kind of happy today. That's That was a fun way to watch things unfold yesterday on a Sunday. All right. <clears throat> Welcome in. Enough of that. You're not celebrating the Chiefs win with me. If you're Rob J., you are. You look like a bottle of ketchup. Sure do. Hey, speaking. Really expensive ketchup. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, Roger. My wife watched the video stream when I was in the studio there in Jackson with you last week. She said, why is there a bottle of ketchup sitting behind you? <laughs> Part of Jake's uh, stick. I had no answer for that. Well, I don't know why it's in there, but it's in there. <clears throat> we tried to He's dress it up. He's one of the guys that puts ketchup on everything, so that's kind of... I see. Had, it's part of his closing uh, bit that he does. You know, I see. With it. So, yeah. I got it. Maybe we should pose that question today for our listeners. Um, ranch or ketchup? There you go. Ranch or ketchup. What are things that people put ketchup on that you shouldn't put ketchup on? Steak? Chicken? <laughs> According to Clint Eastwood in one of his movies, nobody puts ketchup on a hot dog. <laughs> Who's, did he really say that? Yeah, it was one of his, one of his uh, movies, Harry Callahan. Well, Dirty Harry, well, I'll just say this. As far as I know, everybody I know puts ketchup on a hot dog. Yeah, it must be a West Coast thing. I mean, really, everybody puts ketchup on hot dogs, right? As a youngster, I loved it on peas. Yeah. Uh, I just got a text from a friend of mine, Robert, says, uh, hey, just... Can you explain to me how you became a Chiefs fan? Well, you know, it's loosely. I just, when I was a kid, um, growing up in Alabama, I was not necessarily like a big Alabama fan, but Derek Thomas. I thought Derek Thomas was the coolest thing that ever uh, rushed a quarterback. Number 55 in your program, number one in your heart for the University of Alabama. <laughs> As a kid, he could not be stopped. And out in the yard, we had a, listen, y'all, growing up, in northwest Alabama, a little small town called Russellville. I've told you all about it before. And up in our neighborhood, we had a bunch of kids. We were all close to sort of the same age. You know, different ages, but close. A year or two here, there. But a whole bunch of kids. We really had our own sort of sandlot growing up. That's what it was like. But it was in our neighborhood. It was very hilly. It was a place called Scenic Heights. And we didn't have a ball field, but we had... You know, these two roads that one went up a great big hill and you turned and made a kind of a square. And in the middle was this uh, older lady named uh, Miss Scruggs. And I don't remember her first name. Her name was Miss Scruggs. And she had a big lot that she kept mowed. Somebody came and mowed it for her. And it was just this big, huge grass lot with two big pine trees in the middle. And the two pine trees were the goalposts. 
in the lot was a baseball field, a football field, a soccer field, a wrestling ring, you know, a golf course, a tennis court. We we played everything. We kind of had a basically a a sandlot. I could write the script to a movie of stuff that happened in this neighborhood. It'd be very similar <laughs> to the sandlot, minus a big dog who ate the baseball when you hit it over the fence. And we would go out and we'd play these pickup football games. And I don't know if you did this in your neighborhood growing up, but I did it. We did it. We would say, hey, I'm so-and-so. No joke. Like, we'd be playing tennis. we get tennis rackets. We're hitting the ball back and forth in somebody's driveway. And my buddy Seth would say, hey, I'm Boris Becker. I'd go, hey, I'm John McEnroe. <laughs> and then we'd play as those guys. We would imitate and even name ourselves after our hero. Are we'd, you kidding me? We'd play a baseball <laughs> game, a pickup baseball game in this lot in our neighborhood. I'd go up to the plate and go, I'm Dale Murphy. Today I'm Dale Murphy. <laughs> My buddy Chad, he'd be pitching. He goes, I'm Oral Hershiser. Okay, you're Oral. That's what we would do. So when we would play pickup football games, my next-door neighbor was a big Cowboys fan. His name was Seth, and he would always say, hey, I'm Tony Dorsett. He'd, and, and, you know, again, we're talking about the 80s. He'd say, I'm Dorsett, and he loved Tony Dorsett, number 33. Chad would always play quarterback, and he'd say, I'm, I'm Joe Montana. Okay, you're Joe Montana. And every time, what did I do? I'm Derek Thomas. I'm rushing a quarterback. Now, he was 55 for Alabama, but he wore 58 for the Chiefs. And at one point, he even ventured through uh, our school there when I was a kid. Like one of these where, man, he's coming to talk to us. And he gave us a motivational speech. And I, I just thought it was the coolest thing. And so that's how. Just being aware of this guy as a college player. And then he became a record setter, obviously, as a pro player, wore 58 for the Chiefs. I just followed him and I wanted to watch him play. If they were on TV, I watched him. And it just happened that way over the years, developed that way. That's my reasoning. It has nothing to do with proximity or anything else. That's my reasoning. All right. Uh, look, if you want to be a part of the show, I'll put the numbers on the screen for you there if you're watching the stream. If you're not, if you're listening, listen up. Here they come. Give me a shout on the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the United States of America. You know what that means? It means they've been doing it better, longer than anyone else. All right, so hit me up. There's a number to call. I'd love to hear your voice today. 601-995-1059. Again, 995-1059. Give me a shout. If you want to text the show, a lot of texts coming through. J-Rock, Tim. Fluffy, Miko, Bill, Nick, I'm going to get to all your texts. 885-ESPN, 885-ESPN. That also is a 601 number. Hey to everybody on Facebook. Hope you all are having a good Monday. Uh, Josh asked me, he said, Matt, is Chris Jones still hurt? Yeah, former defensive tackle for State. Now he's, he's the leading sack man for the Kansas City Chiefs, but he missed yesterday's game because of some mysterious calf injury that he suffered in practice. So how hurt is he? When is he coming back? I don't know. I just know they won without him yesterday, but I know why you're asking. Because this weekend, across the line of scrimmage from the Chiefs defense is Derrick Henry, whom nobody can stop. There's nothing anyone can do about Derrick Henry. 
So the Chiefs better score 51 points again this week against Tennessee, or, and I'm predicting it here, the Titans will be in a Super Bowl if the Chiefs don't score 40-plus points. They're not stopping Tennessee's offense. Kansas City's defense is not stopping Tennessee's offense. There's an early prediction for you. So hey to everybody watching on Facebook. Get your comments in there. I'll get to um, uh, see. Let's see. Chad on a different Chad on Facebook said there was a neighborhood in Russellville. Yeah. Just what? Northeast of kind of downtown on your way out on Highway 43. Like if you're headed towards Muscle Shoals up in a really hilly area there, a, a neighborhood called Hester Heights. That was the name of it. Hester Heights. It's a neat place. Uh, Tim asking me on Facebook if there's any word on the defensive coordinator hire for Mississippi State, and right now there is not. Right now there is not any word on it. As soon as I get word, you'll be the first to know. Now, I will tell you, coming up later in the show today, if everything happens on plan, then to start off hour number two, we're going to get to talk to John Cohen, Athletics Director Mississippi State. We'll get to talk with him. And I'd like to just kind of dive in with John now that we have a little more time and find out a, a little of the details behind the, you know, the contact with Mike Leach and, and eventually what led to hiring him. But also I I think if you look closely, I mean you really don't even have to look closely. It's pretty obvious. John has now hired two football coaches, and both of those have been offensive guys. Offensive hires. And I would then assume that you look at it and say, well, John, as the athletics director, made the decision that he feels like the football program can go the farthest if it can find an offensive identity, an offensive reputation, build itself into an offensive program. That's what it would lead you to believe. And so we'll see what he says and thinks about that. All right, let's start it off here, and then we'll go to the text line. We're going to start it off on the phone line. Divinity Equipment phone. David hanging on in Yazoo City. What's up, David? Hey, Matt. Hey, How man. are you all today? I'm great. Good to hear uh, from you. Thanks. <clears throat> you kind of answered my question. Uh, I may have gotten the tail end of something, uh, and obviously it wasn't so, but uh, I thought I heard a statement earlier that uh, he was bringing most of his staff with him yeah. from Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, but you kind of answered that when you told me that he hadn't hired a defensive coordinator. So right, I uh, haven't heard. If there has been one, it has slipped and evaded me. I, I don't. I have not seen where the defensive coordinator has been hired yet. All you've heard is rumors. And I was doing a little communicating today with some folks at, at, at State. Nothing to do whatsoever with the coaching search but it was the I mean the, the assistant search but it was the kind of thing David where if there had been news on that they would have told me yet in the right. conversation nobody said anything so I just know that it's still ongoing and kind of up in the air right now well, has, he, has, he, has he hired anyone has anyone been hired okay. David um, let me tell you this I don't think we've seen a press release or anything like that yet so nothing official. What happens is a lot of times they'll go ahead and decide you'll have agreements maybe with one or two guys. You start working on it, but they have to come into town. They sit down with HR. 
They fill out paperwork. Stuff goes through the state contract process. Once it clears all of that, then they can announce it. So it may very well be, David, that there could be a coach or two who the agreement's in place, and we're fixing to know within a day or two, we're just waiting on paperwork to clear, you know, like in a lot of places. Now, the only thing specific I can tell you is there's been a lot of rumor, and it just makes a lot of sense, that one of his receivers coaches is probably going to be Steve Spurrier Jr., who was coach? Okay. He was coaching either outside or inside of receivers at Washington State for Mike Leach. Now, again, people have said, "Okay, well, he's coming to state to coach outside of receivers. Maybe it's a done deal." I just know that he followed me on Twitter the other day. This was on Friday, and we were on the air. I think you know, and Chris did the first hour on Friday because of the press conference, and then I was on in the second hour. We interviewed Coach Leach in that second hour, and sometime within that hour, I got a notification on my phone that. Steve Spurrier Jr. had followed me on Twitter. And that just kind of gave me an indication. I thought, you know, if he was not going to come down here and coach, he probably wouldn't have followed me. So it kind of made me think, hmm, I bet he's coming, you know? Right. So that's all I've got. Okay, one other comment. All right. Okay, one other comment. Um, If Kansas City is going to beat Tennessee, they better score first and score often. No doubt. Because otherwise, they're not going to get many touches. So if you can make Tennessee, this is just my thinking, if you can make Tennessee have to throw the football to try and catch up, mm-hmm. you might have a chance. Mm-hmm. But if you let Tennessee get out front, uh, Tennessee is going to be in trouble. That's exactly right. Because they're not going to have many touches. They're going to run that football straight down their throat. Hey, couldn't have said it better myself, David. I mean, Hey, did you? Are you a former player or a coach? No. No. Well, well, maybe you should have been. I'm in my (laughs) sixties. I'm in my sixties, and uh, I just follow football and and study football, and always have. uh, If you can run the football and play defense, you're gonna win most of your games. Yeah. Well, and see, I just totally agree with everything you said. Um, You know, Kansas City too is not a they haven't been built as a run-stopping defense anyway, and if Chris Jones, their best tackle, is not healthy, that hurts them even more. And I think you're exactly right. And the thing about Tennessee is, like, where is their defense coming from? They go in there and hold Baltimore to 12 points. You know, it's just – I can't figure it out, but I just know what I watched yesterday. I know Tennessee is sitting there 9-7 and seven on the year overall, but, man – with the way they are blocking that run game and Derrick Henry, I, I know that they're saying the Chiefs are favored to win a Super Bowl. I'm happy about that. But I agree. Chiefs are going to have to score 38, 40-something points to win this game. And they're going to have to get up early. If they don't get up early, they won't have many touches to score 38 points. Yeah. They cannot have a slow start like they had yesterday, dropping a ball and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Appreciate Thanks, the call, man. David. Yep, call Enjoy me anytime. Enjoy your show, man. Thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thank you. Call me anytime. Good phone call there. Nail meet hammer. Because he hit the he hit the nail on the head. Uh, let's see here. Computer freezing up. J Rock on the text line said mustard, onion, pickle, relish. That's what goes on a hot dog. He did not mention ketchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, let me just say something here, okay? Look, it's not like we're talking about filet mignon. 
<laughs> We're talking about a hot dog. Y'all know what's in a hot dog? No. Don't ruin, don't ruin it for everybody. You don't want to know what's in a hot dog. And we're out here discussing what we should and shouldn't put on a hot dog. Mechanically separated chicken lips. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I like hot dogs. I'd like to continue to like them. Just get the kosher kind. You'll do better. <laughs> organic organic hot dogs. Oh, God. Oh. That's one thing the, I don't want. I no, like they, good they're food. They're going to call organic. the vegetarian ones. They call them yeah, not right. dogs. Not dogs. Hey, plant-based hot dogs. You seeing all this stuff? They have hooked yeah. my wife. They've hooked my wife, the homecoming queen. She hadn't gone out and bought it yet, but she started to tell me in glowing terms about these different plant-based things. She goes, hey, do you know you can get a Whopper that's like a plant-based Whopper? I, 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 don't want it. Talk to this hand right here. <laughs> I've seen some of the stories how they're they're growing steaks, you know, in, in petri dishes. Man, what is up with people? Tim Tim just texted, use a cow like everybody else. Tim texted the show and said that's nasty. Catch up on hot dogs. What is Tim, wrong with y'all? Clint Eastwood, he may be on to something. Eastwood. Look Man's man. Everybody the, wants to be him. The best Clint Eastwood movies are the spaghetti westerns. I don't think I've ever sat through an entire Dirty Harry movie. One, because when I was young, my parents wouldn't let me watch it. But just because Dirty Harry says it, look, if the man with no name, the <laughs> guy, says, don't put hot, you know ketchup on your hot dog. Okay. But Dirty Harry, what's wrong with y'all? Ketchup's Dirty great Harry on hot dogs. you up. 44 caliber. <laughs> oh, I know. Make my day, punk. Just getting started. Stick around. Wyatt Show on Mississippi's first choice for sports talk. The Zone 105.9. And online at thezone1059.com. Back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Check out my hat. Y'all see that on the stream? I'm in the baseball mood. I got the Mississippi State white hat with the baseball M over S logo. That hat came from the Mississippi State University golf course. They are Hale State GC on Twitter. Y'all check them out. They got all the best stuff, stuff you can't find everywhere else. 32 days from now, Roger, we're going to throw out first pitch to the uh, college baseball season. <laughs> 32 days, buddy. That'll be here before you know it, certainly. You going to do any of the play-by-play uh, -play on that? Yeah, uh, I guess. I haven't gotten a schedule or anything yet. Um, you know, I have. We'll see if they ask me to do it this year. They've asked me the last few years. So uh, so we shall see. All right. Uh, let's look here. I got a few comments, and then I'm going to come in all your texts on the text line. A few comments on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Thanks for tuning in. However you're listening, listening live on The Zone 105.9. In Jackson, Central Mississippi, WRKS. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Chiefs going up against that defense that's gotten better for Tennessee. And they seem to have gotten better ever since Jeffrey Simmons, the first-round pick, got in there and started playing fully healthy. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I think it does. Um, there was a question, though, that I was going to get to. 
Oh, here it is. It's not a question. Ginger on Facebook says, I like mayonnaise on my hot dogs. Anybody want to weigh in on that? Hmm. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller. I'm not going to eat any mayonnaise on any hot dogs. Okay? I'm just not. We Look at this, Roger, too. Facebook tells me we have now uh, more than one listener in the state of Arizona. You know, Jason and Flagstaff always listens and calls. Now we have Austin, who says, Hail State from Phoenix, Arizona. Who sang that song? Is anybody going to San Antonio or Phoenix, Arizona? Was that a I'll Glenn? Tell you. Well, nope. No, it wasn't Glenn Campbell. Okay. Mississippi boy. Well, was it Charlie Pride? Sled. Yes, it was. Charlie Pride. Hey, you know, I need to look up something. Roger, there was a special, like a documentary type special on public television a couple of weekends ago yeah. about Charlie Pride. It was all about Charlie Pride. He, he was honored recently. I don't know. It, uh, maybe he was into the Grammy Museum or something. Okay. Yeah, he, had, he was uh, down here for that. Was he? Well, here's what I did not know. Now, obviously, you, he did really, really, really well. Okay, he did really, really well for himself. But what I didn't know is, number one, he had a son who went into music also. Now, but, but it was not, you know, country. It was, um, maybe it was R&B, uh, which I didn't know. But also, apparently... On the side business stuff, like in terms of how he invested his money and what he got into, he got into the old business. He owned like recording studios and radio stations and everything all throughout Texas. I'm about to look all that up, but apparently the guy has been really, really successful and was really smart with the money that he made in the in the music industry and kind of turned it around and then turned it over in some other stuff and did really well. He's a smart guy. You know You're what else? About Charlie, the, the yes, father. Of this. Yes, okay. the father. Talking about Charlie Pride. He did a. I I like Hank Williams Senior's Kalijah, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. Charlie Pride put the hurt on that song, mm-hmm. man. I'm a huge Charlie Pride fan. Hey, yeah. he. Um, they showed him at his house where he lived there, not too far from Dallas. Tennis court. He said he stayed in shape by playing tennis. And by the fact that he said he only ate one meal a day. Now think about that. I'm going to play tennis just about every day, and I'm going to eat one meal a day. He's been on that fasting thing a while. (laughs) Yeah, the intermittent diet. All right, here we go. We got to make some. We got to make some hay on the uh, text line, Miko. At 885-ESPN says, Matt, I have a cousin, for whatever reason, that puts ketchup on her rice. Ketchup just doesn't go on Mahatma white rice. You know, mm. when I was a kid, I did that for a while. You know, we'd have rice and gravy. I'd put ketchup on it. Sure did. Kids do crazy stuff, though. Haven't done that in a long time. Nick says, when I was growing up, we would get the Clarion Ledger and get the baseball box scores and play wiffle ball as the whole starting lineup. Now, that is cool. That's some Sandlot stuff right there now. By the way, can anybody tell me? Now, don't look it up. That movie, The Sandlot, do you know where they filmed most of it? What prominent city, town, whatever you want to call that, did they film most of The Sandlot? Let me know. Ed texted the show and he said, Hey, Matt, who are some names you've heard as defensive coordinator? There, there's really nothing really strong 
coming out of that. See what I did there? Rusty from Clinton says, Matt, any word on Keaton and Kylan coming back? You know, there there's not been as much speculation on Keaton. I, I think it's just because people don't know as there has been for Kylan. Um, you know, he initially said he was going to forego, but he was there to meet Coach Leach at the airport when he got off the plane. He was there in the team meeting. People saw that on the video. There's been a little more speculation that Kylan might be leaning towards coming back, but nothing official on any of that. And I, I'm just telling you, I think we're in wait-and-see mode. I think that Mike Leach has gone, after being announced, getting everything initially started, meetings, which we saw that with the team, with the staff that's there, recruiting staff, all this. I think we're in a time right now where Mike Leach has gone back home to Key West to get some things in order, including getting it ready for him to then leave it and not go back for a while. So I think that's where we are as of today, which may be the reason there's not just a whole ton of news on all of this stuff coming out right now. Fluffy on the text line says, My first NFL game was at Arrowhead in 1981, 51 years since the last championship. It is a long time. <laughs> it sure is. Lynn Dawson was just a young man back then. This says hi from Hernando. I saw where offensive line coach Johnson went to Missouri. Yeah, Marcus Johnson. Uh, he's leaving state, going to Missouri, and they needed something new there. Uh, coach Johnson, good guy, good coach, but uh, some some new cohesiveness is that the right word? And, and toughness and grit, I think, has got to be established in there in that group, at least across a four quarter game. Chris says, as a Chiefs fan, what do you think about this guy that went viral for leaving the game? I, I missed all that. I missed all that. So I, I can't really comment on it because I don't really know. Here's a vote for your hot dog should have mustard and ketchup only. Bill texts and says 32 days to first pitch. Perfect segue to my next text question. LOL, now we're back on hot dogs. <laughs> Man, yeah, 32 days until college baseball. Throw out the first pitch now. I can't wait another month. Well, the weather today would actually be really nice for baseball. Bright sunshine warming up to about 60. Now, you watch and see. You watch and see when they go, like, first weekend, it'll snow or something. That's what it does in baseball. Starting the, the college baseball season in February. It just seems too early. Unnamed texture, hot dogs, mustard, mayonnaise, ketchup, onions, and dill pickles. Tastes excellent. <laughs> now, this is Charlie Pride, and the mad male person says on the text line that he was an excellent baseball player, and he was. He and his brother both were really good baseball players. Charlie Pride from Sledge, Mississippi, taking you out to the break. Stick around. Well, he stood there, said he never let it show. Cause he could never answer yes or no, 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 no. Poor old Elijah, well, he never got a kiss. Poor old Elijah, don't know what he missed. Is it any wonder that his face is red? Elijah, that poor old 
walking along, whistling a song, barefoot and fancy free. A big river boat passing us by. She's headed for New Orleans. There she goes, disappearing around the bend. Roll on, Mississippi. Neil McCoy. Make me feel like a child again. How much can we let it go, Roger, without getting in trouble? Well, they really prefer you play the whole thing. Taste of it takes me back. Chewing on a straw, torn overalls, cane pole and old straw hat, muddy river. Just like a long lost friend. Roll on, Mississippi. Make me feel like a child. All right, everybody sing along. Come on. Roll on, Mississippi. Big River Road. Outstanding. You're the childhood dream. That is Neil McCoy. And uh, Trace Adkins pops up in this song. It's a remake of a great Charlie Pride song called Roll On, Mississippi. Y'all need to check out the whole thing if you get a chance. Now, I'm not saying it's as good as uh, the original from Charlie Pride. But if you're going to do one, it's a pretty good deal here. Oh, so yeah. Y'all check it out. They did a tolerable good job. Tolerable good job. All right. Uh, back on the show, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast service, friendly service. That's what you get at Farm Bureau. A couple of things real quick on Facebook. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Let me get to a couple of comments here. Micah wanted a shout-out who's watching today on in Corpus Christi, Texas. What up? Here's John saying, Hail State from California. Uh, some more folks from Arizona. Now, a guess. I asked the question, do you know where the Sandlot primarily was filmed? Austin guessed maybe Chicago. It was not Chicago. Mark got it correct. Ogden and Salt Lake City, Utah. Pretty much all in Salt Lake City. And everything that was, it's all public places. It wasn't movie sets. The pool, it's still there. The house in the neighborhood, it's all still there. The sandlot where the actual park was when they filmed the movie is now private property. And the person who owns it does not want people out there all the time. So you really can't go back there and see it. But anyway... For you Sandlot fans, there's an update. I do need to say hello to, let's see, to my mother, who's tuning in on Facebook. Hey, Mom. Miss Dinah Sneed from DeSoto County. Hello, Miss Dinah. Hope you're doing well. Hi to the family, and hope you all avoided any of the damage from the wind that came through there uh, over the weekend, I guess on Saturday. I know there were some places in DeSoto County that really got hit. Sure did. All right, listen, uh, there's been a lot of questions about the staff under Mike Leach. What is the makeup going to be? Who is it going to be? Here's where we are. Here's where I believe we are. We are in that in-between time right now. You had everything going on with hiring one football coach last week and then getting him announced at the end of the week on Friday and all the follow-up and interviews and all those different things. Well, now you're hiring multiple football coaches. There is going to be a lot of turnover. It's just a matter of who and what, how much. Everybody's asking, what about Coach Tony Hughes? 
You know, I agree. If it fits, if there's a way to figure that out, you got to figure out a way to keep him. But I'm not in control of that. And and you and I don't have all the details that everybody else has. We don't know. I did see Coach Hughes uh, in person, got to speak to him and talk to him after Friday's show. You know, we, we got off the air here at 2 o'clock. I was broadcasting from the football facility there at State. I gathered up all my stuff, a couple of arms, and I walked down the stairs. I'm headed to the car, and I ran into Coach Hughes down there in the lobby of the SEAL football complex. He was headed in, I guess, to have meetings. And so I saw some pictures that came out of it later that night. They were having some recruiting meetings and different things. Um, you know, and at that time, he was as gracious as he always is. And But at that time, it you didn't get the feeling that there was great certainty one way or the other at that particular fr- time. And again, that's Friday afternoon. So also I believe that we're in a time right now where Coach Leach has gone back to Key West, Florida to take care of things at home and do some things there and get ready to then come back here and, you know, basically you're here for the foreseeable. So that's kind of where we are is in that in-between time. And as I mentioned to David Ucaller earlier in the show from Yazoo, there probably are some assistant coaches who it's effectively signed, sealed, and delivered, but when you do a contract and you send it through the HR process and the state contract process, and it takes a few days for all that stuff to come back where then the school can announce it. Maybe they want to do an announcement at one time for multiple coaches. You know, we don't know some of those things on Friday, the receivers coach for Mike Leach or one of them at Washington state, Steve Spurrier jr. I got a follow from him on Twitter. And I immediately followed him back, and that was kind of an indication to me. I thought, hmm, that, that might mean that already he knows he's going to be coming here and that kind of thing. So we're just in the in-between time. I think we just have to be patient on that. What you do know is this. You have an athletics director who's been a coach and will understand intimately what, you know, the, the detriment that lost time in recruiting is. Therefore, they're going to do the best they can according to what they need to do. You have a football coach at State hired who is a veteran, has been through the process. You know, a decade coaching at Texas Tech, a better part of a decade as a head coach now recently at Washington State, coaching the SEC as an assistant. I mean, this is 25, 30-plus years of this stuff, and most of that at the Division I level for Mike Leach He's been through this, understands it. So just like in the coaching search last week, when it was basically one week, let's not forget, go back to last week. Remember how you felt. Remember what all the chatter was. A football coach was fired on one Friday, and another football coach was hired on the next Friday and announced. One week. Yet, in between, you had people that would have you believe that it was taking forever. And that things are oh, they're falling apart. Freaking out. Over nothing. So, by the same token, Mike Leach was announced on Friday. It is Monday. Be patient on the, on the hires of the assistants and the staff. This isn't as quick as, hey, I want that guy. Call him. There's a lot of things you got to consider. There are a lot of people, coaches, wives, children, school situations. All this stuff is big stuff. 
maybe even that stuff more important than the actual where you're coaching. So it takes a little time to figure some of those things out. Let's be patient on that. That would be my advice on it. And again, I'll tell you, John Cohen coming up to start us in hour number two, coming up. One other quick thought, too, and now I want you to file this away. I want you to think on it. When Mike Leach was hired, who was the first Southeastern Conference football coach to publicly welcome him to the SEC? Y'all know who it is. It was Lane Kiffin. They know each other. They have in the past. Seemed fond of each other. Mike even said so when uh, the Clarion Ledger reporter asked him about that on Friday in the press conference. Yeah, I've known him. He always seemed kind of like a neat guy. Is it possible that we could hit a stretch here in egg bowl ebb and flow where we might now have we might be about to have the right kind of vibe going on in this thing is it possible do you think it's possible to have the right kind of vibe do you think we've already had the right kind of vibe you you may be all over the map and i'm sure different people are but i just think you may be about to step on the doorstep of something where yes Neither coach or school, neither coach has even had a practice yet at the new school, and both fan bases are really excited again. It's already fun, it feels like, right now. But if the two coaches are at each other in a different kind of way, more of a personable, and even it's sometimes maybe a fun kind of way, could that potentially inject a better more high road kind of vibe in the thing. That's, that's all I'm asking. It's a theory. I'm just asking. I'm not really sure exactly where I fall on it. And we'll get into that in hour number two. Right now, Divinity Equipment phone line, Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, your Kubota dealer, Jason and Flagstaff. Hey, Jason. Hey, man. A couple of things. Um, one, tell Roger if he plays that again without a warning, I'm going to throw him out the window when I come home. <laughs> okay, that's my and, fault. Not a country music fan, are you? <laughs> no, I love country music. That song just it tears me to pieces because I'm not at home. Oh, I yeah. guess. Sorry about right. that. I hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, ketchup is okay on a hot dog. Mayonnaise, I used to eat it on a hot dog too until I you know, got old and had to start watching my figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, right. I'm sure. But all right, so no mayonnaise. We'll go with ketchup. And Jason, I'll give you a warning next time, man. We got to run, but I appreciate All you, right. man. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, y'all take it easy, buddy. All right, you too. Jason and Flagstaff, Arizona. Charlie Pride. Big Charlie Pride fan. Hour two coming up. John Cohen, stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.